Hello and welcome to Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back, uh, you know, day late, dollar short, in true Arc of E fashion, uh, to finally wrap up True Detective Season 3. This episode is long overdue, uh, admittedly, but we are here to talk about True Detective Season 3, Episode 8, The Finale. Now, now I am found. found. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have talked about this off mic with all of my my friend group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have rewatched the finale now two and a half times. Uh, three for you. Yes. You're, you're holding up. You're not saying out loud. Oh yeah. Three Remember, times we're on a podcast. Shit. Uh, we're back in the room together. Uh, I don't know if people have noticed. Hopefully, we've masked some of it, but we've been over the phone for yeah. the bulk of this series, if not all of this series. So if you're hiring, I think we kicked it off in the room. To, yeah, together, we kicked it off in the room, and and we're ending it in the room. Yeah, but if you're and, in Charleston uh, and you're hiring, let me know. I can move down here, and we can always be in the same room. Yeah, because you're fixing move studios. Yes, I say we because I'm coming down so, here. Yeah, to help. this is the last one in uh in studio. We figured this out. Studio C. So yes. The new one is Studio D. Yeah. It's where it's all the true true D man. That's where the magic where happens, baby. Tuesdays. Okay, so. You and I have not talked beyond a little bit of light texting. Yes. So, what'd you think, brother? I thought it it was fucking perfect. Okay, I assumed you were going to be over the moon about it. Yes. Okay. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was a great denouement. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I liked the the send-off quality to it. I like that we got a lot of the mystery stuff out of the way, Relatively arguably early. fairly early. And uh, it, it left me a lot to ponder, which is why I've gone back to it multiple times now. Um, I have not rewatched the entire series, but I, I plan to. Me too. And again, I don't think we're necessarily going to do that anytime soon. But we, we have threatened that we might come back and resurrect Tuesdays uh, to do that down the road. Because presumably we're not getting to season four for quite some time. Presumably. Um, obviously a very divisive finale online. I don't know if you, you saw as much. And people seem mixed to positive on it overall. And the season overall, it seems like everybody was like, all right, True yeah. Detective's back on track. Um. In rewatching it, I've gotten more and more out of it. But first time through, my only real knock against it was the scene that everybody kind of stumbles against, which is the huge exposition dump. Here's what happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I love that scene. That's perfect. because it's got my it's got my boy Stephen Williams in it, and also it pretty much the only reason it didn't necessarily like grab me grab me was because i was mainly sitting there checking off boxes i was like okay we we talked about this this is pretty much what we assumed and it was just confirming like literally down to almost every single detail i was like okay yeah we, we had it so 
I understand that some people were like, the people who, you know, listen to podcasts and have been following it episode by episode and looking for all the tiny details felt kind of deflated where it was just like, okay, there there wasn't a huge like twist, but it's like there there is in a way. It's just not the one we were necessarily expecting. It's, it's shades not... of season two. Exactly. Shades of season two. What I I just blindly agreed with you. I yeah. I, I want to hear that. Like, well, we can get into that. Be, yeah. Okay. Okay. We can get into it. Let's start from the top. Rooker. Rooker. Fucking killing it. Yes. The Hoyt confrontation did not play out at all like we expected it to. And I loved it all the more for it. Uh, I thought it was still a great showdown. A great uh, Mm tete-a-tete between two great actors. And again, he's only got one scene, but it comes in. Nails it. Murders it. Yeah. He's probably the first one and done for 2019 that I can think of. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about Fahey in uh, Alita, which we can later well, on. Well, that's that. Those are movies. I know. We can separate it. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I loved how all of that played out, and kind of confirming for us, it's like he was late to the party on this. He's yeah, playing he... cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's maybe not as dark and menacing a figure as we had previously assumed. Yes, especially when you hear, "Oh, it's Michael Rooker." They they're bringing in Michael Rooker for this. We all, you know. We bring our own baggage to that. And so I love that, like, no, he's he's in the dark about a lot of stuff. He doesn't really have any answers, but he has enough to threaten Wayne on, which is like, I know you killed this guy. Like, I can go find him anytime. Yeah. And then you're you're out as a murderer, disgraced cop. You know, what's your family going to think of you now? And I love that it was that. It was not like, I'm going to come kill your wife and kids. It was like, no, I'm just going to ruin you publicly. Like, which that's is, how I take you down. Which essentially shows you, like, his loyalty to his own guy, his guy, essentially. It's like, yeah. here's James was, oh, this is all right, but I'm not going to, like, go to the ends of the earth to get this guy back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Which I think is interesting because you assume early on, oh, he's going to be this, you know, nefarious, evil, like, you know, he's going to be the ringleader of the big and bad, like, the child pedophile sex ring. ring. Yeah, yeah. Like the pedophile ring. Exactly. Totally. Which, I mean, we all know that he would never do that because, I mean, he didn't turn Peter Quill over to his father. He, you know, kept him where he needed to be. Okay. Fed him to the Ravengers. It is what it is. (laughs) Okay. So, yes, enjoyed Rooker, but glad it played out the way it did. Uh, 2015 stuff. They they find the pink room. Yes. Um, All this fucking time. Love the score. Oh, dude, the score was creeping me out the entire time. For the last couple episodes, yeah. Um really look forward to going back to that and listening to it in isolation uh yeah so they find the pink room uh they eventually get led to to junius which is my that is my favorite shot of that entire episode what's that them driving and it's the present day it flashes forward, and Wayne is oh, yes, in 1980. The, the circular, and like, then it flashes around, yes. and he's in 90, and he pulls his gun out, and it flips back around. It's like it's what you, it's like it is one of the, it's so smooth, and it's like that's it, what they think they are. It brings together you know, everything, all three timelines, the entire season. There's a there's a momentum building to it, and I get why people are like, it feels like it's building to like oh, some crazy shit's about to go down, like they're gonna get in a shootout with this guy or like. Yeah. You know, who knows? We're headed into a, a season one finale. Oh, yeah. But 
We're not at all. It's a sit down. It's an exposition dump. So I get people feeling a little deflated by that. But I feel like the show has proved like time and time again. It's never about the crime. Yeah. The mystery is always, you know, second or even third to the characters and the themes. And so it gets all of that out of the way up front, whether you like it or not. And then we have these kind of set piece scenes with Amelia over the 80s and the 90s timeline. And of course we opened with them in what we presume is like 2012, 2013, like some maybe, well maybe closer to like 2010. Yeah. Like prior to her death. Maybe close to it somehow. Maybe. Because we don't know how she died. We assume natural causes somewhere in 2013. Yeah, but could it have been... Because people have been saying, well, what about the issue with his daughter? Could it have been that, like, Wayne's, you know, problem... We don't have to to go chronologically. What did you make of how that all plays out with the daughter? um, Did I lose you? Because I think at the end of the day, it can just read as she can't deal with him... The way he is now. Losing it like that. Yeah. Like, she just... She can't be around it. Henry's got to be the one to kind of deal with him. And she feels bad about it, but she can't really say it. And that that's kind of what I felt like comes out in that scene, more so than, like, they have some buried secret or whatever. And the whole, like, did I lose you? I think that's a reference to Walmart. I think well, it's a, did I lose you at some point? Did I forget who you were and lose you? And there was a thing and you couldn't be found and is that the reason like i you can look you can look at it that way it's like he physically lost her in a spell of like memory and the memory he has of walmart is like somewhere in there of like is that what it was because we got a glimpse i mean that's the one scene that doesn't stand out other than like yeah he's kind of reeling from what it would be like now that he has kids amelia tells him yes you lost her but not in the way that you think you did yeah and then it's in the same episode where we've seen that scene. So I always took that to mean like, no, you didn't physically lose her. Maybe you like emotionally lost her. Yeah. Whatever. But it seems like it was all building towards like a presumably pretty happy ending for Wayne. He's like, put yeah, his, put his demons to bed and gets closure on the case in a way. And so let's talk about that. Okay. After Junius, who they leave, I I love that they leave. Y'all come back, and punish me. Exactly. Y'all come back here. I I really couldn't see another way that that scenario plays out after that conversation. Only problem I had with Junius is the uh, the broken language in which he speaks because it he keeps talking like it might be like a broken, like weird, maybe like island slash like Mister June. He he like just very simple. But I'm never led to believe that, like, he... I don't know... You don't know where he's from. You assume Arkansas and that's it. But it's just his delivery of the lines and, like, the dialect he had and the accent he was using, how he was doing that. That was the only thing I was just kind of like, meh. I'm not really told where this is from. But, and again, it's not a part of it. But doesn't really take away that much from the scene. But it was that was just, like, my one sticking point with that character. Because Completely a lot of people were like, oh, that's the same dude, right? No, no. Because I had somebody be like, oh, it's crazy that, like, you know, they saw him at his trailer in the end. And I was like, no, no, that's not the same dude. It's a different person. You yeah, know? no, completely different person. Yeah, I had it's not that. Sam Whitehead. Anyways. Um, okay. So, 
how do they get to the convent? I forget. They. He tells them like I found her. She was That's here, right. but I was yeah. already too late. Tells them the narrative, and while he's telling them, we flash to them going and getting the full story, which is that she, or getting a story, yeah, um, that she got HIV at some point after she had escaped. And again, the whole, th- literally down to the details of like, yes, he helped with the abduction, but then he did help try to get her out, and he was ultimately like on her side. But she never, she day. never, like you know, yeah, she, she never came to where he was at. Exactly, she just went off on her own. Um, so, you know, Wayne and Roland are told that she had HIV and she died and they go to her grave and that scene really hit me on the first watch. Yeah. Uh, just them like apologizing to her grave essentially. Um, and the scene immediately afterwards with them, uh, just kind of talking about like, well, I guess that's it. Like doing all this, talking to your boy and. Doing all this makes me want to be moving closer to town, Dude, and you, I, I was like, oh, I was, I was like a fucking school kid, just be like, well, they're gonna be, they're gonna fuck stay together. I, He's yes. gonna make sure Wayne's no, okay. I had tears of joy yes. essentially at that yes. point. I was so happy that like, oh, I love that. I love that they took a moment to just like, yeah, the show is ending, but like, I just want you to know that like, these two are gonna Ro- be okay. Yeah, Roland's gonna, Roland's gonna come by on a regular basis. They're gonna be buddies, which again. we get, and we do get in there like his reaction to what they had to do, like. Obviously, Wayne's is burn my shit, get drunk, talk to my wife. Roland, who is for whatever reason already alone, um, we find out, you know, what his reaction is, how he dealt with it, and like his introduction to like why he has dogs. Yeah, because I love these. I keep a clean house. Keep the dogs out back. Like I just, I everything about that was. What you think of the barroom brawl? Uh. I was I was thoroughly impressed with with Steven Dorf. Like yes. I've always been a, a physical like, presence. I've been he's so tiny though. But it's, you buy that he could take down those big guys because he's, he's in, strategic. It's 1990 and he was in fucking Nam. Okay, like that's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying those bikers weren't in Nam. They weren't like Sons of Anarchy, like all that shit. But like, okay, he, I can't yeah. totally take credit for this because I have heard it mentioned on other podcasts. But he has that bottle of Jack mm-hmm. with the spout in it. Yeah. Okay. The implication being, he he had to just beat everybody in that bar's ass, because how does he a walk out of there alive? Because those are like some straight up Aryan Brotherhood, yeah, like you know, white supremacist hardcore bikers. And so, how does he walk out of there after that? And much less with a full bottle of Jack with the poor oh, spout in on it, the top, yeah. clearly from the bar. Other than he he just beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, like there's no, just I'm, a trail I'm of corpses that. probably, and he just decided to. Go They're all getting hold of the drunk tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or he just called the cops in. I don't think you see cop cars in that though. You just see him outside the bar. Yeah, when they, the they're leaving. Well, when they leave, you can see the cop car leaving, and he's oh, just okay. sitting there smoking and drinking. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, believably took on like what, like four or five guys. Yeah, I definitely dug that scene. Okay. So yeah, you see his reaction, and that's all we—that's all we get of Roland in the '90s timeline. That's it, right? Yeah, that's the last part you yeah. see. Because I mean, so, and I love that he was like, um, he said early on when they like come stir some shit up with me. It's you want to go see a ball game, whatever. I'm there, and like you see Wayne leaving of like you got to write this thing, you got to throw this girl under the bus, and you keep your job. And he's like, I'm not gonna do it. 
Like I won't. And it's like, hey, it's okay, man. Not like we can go see each other. Oh, I mean, that, we'll go to, that yeah, was just that so like too. to see the rift of that. Yes. And to see and what happened in 90 to, for them to come together in the future. I was just like, this is perfect. And I, let's let's pivot that to what the 80s tells us about the Amelia of it yeah. all, which is we never really got the extent to which her this article that we find out that she writes um, played into what happened with his career. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like it just, it clarified and it coalesced with a lot of things that you could conceivably struggle with earlier in the season where you have these arguments between them in the nineties and you don't really understand where the core tension is coming from sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is it all just about the case? You know, blah, blah, blah. But realizing that, like, yes, he told her to do this, but then because of it, he was forced into a situation and still did not compromise his integrity and took a shitty desk job for, like, ten years. Yeah. But because he cared about her enough, he did not just sign that piece of paper and burn her and presumably just, like, rise through the ranks. Because he would have played ball, and they're like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's on our side. And, you know, probably had a great career, yeah. presumably. But again, his his principles, his integrity, keeps him from doing that. And I feel like the subtext is, he never quite tells her that. Mm-hmm. So in the 90s, it's like everything comes with the extra baggage of like, you you know you are upset with me over a b or c and you don't even realize that like my core <laughs> anger around all of this is like you don't know what i've sacrificed for you because anything like, i tell you you put out to the world essentially yes up to this point and so i love that like we get our mystery out of the way and the first big set piece after that is a sit down between them in the 90s timeline mm-hmm. the night after you know the hoyt confrontation and they just kind of, they have it out and they get really real with each other and they come to an understanding and set us in a place where I can buy that, like, they probably had a really, like, happy, solid marriage from. I don't have to, yeah, you don't need to explain anything to me. Forward. Post from then on to now. You don't have to explain anything to me. I get it. Yeah. And that leads to the overall thing that I was, I was, because somebody was like, I don't get it. I needed it. They wanted me to explain it to him. And I was like, if you look at the idea that this case has been the one influential thing in his entire life that has shaped everything he's known from 1980 until we are meeting with him now. If you realize that he was playing the director the entire time, trying to figure out what she knew to figure out what he could find out, because it's if you look at it as this one case has been the thing behind my entire life and I never figured it out. I need to understand I need it to, under- to understand the pieces of my, my life. life. Yes. Exactly. And that leads into what we can get into about the ending in a little bit. And I think I remember when they said, okay, it's going to be one, one case, one person and a partner through three different timelines. And I was like, I don't know how they're going to make this work. And then as I saw it, I was like, this is going to be great. And I just feel like the way that it all wrapped up and you were explained everything. I don't mind that I was told everything about the crime in a sit down. Because and I also wonder how much, like, because of the nature of what we do and, like, 
I listen to podcasts about this show. I read all the articles about the show in, in the in-between weeks and all the theorizing, et cetera, et cetera. If we were maybe, like, completely ahead of some people on some things and, like, we kind of had a narrative planned out and then this fed into that, whereas some people, maybe more casual viewers, were like, oh, okay, so this is what happened. Because even though I feel like all those pieces were there for you, the scene still really functions because Wayne, we as the audience have all the pieces there. Yeah. But Wayne hasn't had them, like, really laid out for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've been able to piece together the narrative of, like, okay, this is probably what happened to Julie. And, oh, we were right about, like, 99% of it, pretty much. Yeah, and then you get the imagery from the past of, like, okay, now, you know, the other ghost and the other demons are gone, essentially, because it's clear that case has cleared up pretty much everything to like ninety two, mm-hmm. and then it's like okay she died whatever. But then you have the wife, ghost, premonition, whatever, come back and say, what if that isn't the case? Which could be applied to literally anything you've seen this entire season. What if that wasn't the case? Yeah. But I like the fact that he's not like he's openly said like I'm not fucking with anybody because you know he said the one thing he didn't really get was like I don't understand how people jump to the fact that Amelia was this person. I just don't, I didn't buy it. I don't like it. I don't like, it's just whatever. So I never understood mm-hmm. why people went down that road, but I get it. That's okay. But it just doesn't make any sense why you would think that. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. But so from that, you have the scene of him going, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find her. And then the thing I noticed is the third time I watched it, you notice there's like a weird noise that snaps right before he f- forgets everything. Every yeah, time yeah, yeah. This, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Is that like a nom explosion? Is that like a... Is I it, think it... I mean, I think it's just, you know, thematic storytelling. Is of it like the mechanism? Letting, yeah, it's it's letting us know in a... Yeah. yeah in an oral way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so... Ghost Amelia tells him, hey, that's not the story. You know, what if the nuns took her in? Mike Ardwan shows up and they made a life together. And they made a kid that you just saw when you went to the the convent, by the way. Because her name was Lucy. Like her her name was Lucy. Like her grandmother. Yes. Okay. So, he then tracks him down through uh, the landscaping company. Gets an address. Gets driving towards it. Perfectly clear in that moment. I love it. But in his moment of clarity, doesn't, doesn't take the time to call Roland and say, Hey, I put it all together. I'm headed to this place. Or call Henry and say, hey, I put it all together. I'm headed to this place. He just goes. And that's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm totally nitpicking. I did not have an issue with it. This was only on like the second and a half rewatch when I was like, you know, if he had just called. Yeah. (laughs) But it takes away this beautiful moment that we get to, which I really, really dug. So he gets all the way out there and it all goes away. Yeah. He doesn't know why he's there. He's lost. Calls Henry goes out and he speaks to her and i love again it's just mahershala all season long but especially in this finale the facial the work same night he's winning with, an oscar by the way yes of course especially the prosthetics again working yes. through the old age makeup and everything which is beautifully done if it doesn't win the technicals at the emmys for that like that's that's a goddamn shame yeah okay so there's arguably moment a moment when it's like did he did he just put it back together does Mm -hmm. he realize why he's there and does he choose 
not to say anything mm-hmm. because he's just like she's in a good place why you know I have What's closure. What? What? Yeah. What is to be accomplished here? Roland can be satisfied with his version. My thing is, the theory I came up with is when his son gets the note and realizes what it is, either he will tell the the director lady that he's done with, "Hey, this is what happened to her." Horrible decision. Very horrible. Yes. But I thought. Well, he doesn't tell anybody because they're going to be sitting together in a couple of months my, watching watching TV, my more and that's going to read of it. I don't know if you went the same route. Is I hope he holds on to that because if Dad somehow, because he says let it up, go, Dad picks up the case again. Mm-hmm. He has this to be able to say like, "Hey, you figured it out. You did. You did solve it. This is the answer right here. Yeah. Or this was this was the last piece. So I like to think that it's that. It's not like yeah something else or something nefarious. That's not how I read it in the moment. It was more like. Let me give you this moment. And it also depends on how you read that moment on the porch. When we zoom in to the eye, um, after the shot of his grandkids, of course, that echoes right where we started the season. Um, But that takes us into the scene with Amelia where they reconcile in the 80s, and he ends up proposing to her in the VFW hall, which I totally love. And then they walk out into a really bright light, and we get to our very last shot. Okay. Dude. And we're back in Nam. And he's in the jungle. Looks over his shoulder. And then descends into the jungle. And first time watching it, my head's exploding, like just with a billion different readings of that. Yes. All at one time, where I'm like, well, how do I. What? And I just. I had to puzzle over it. For a while, that's why I had to rewatch it because, and I like that the mystery left really no ambiguity. It was like, sorry guys, you can't connect it to the child pedophile ring and like all of this. It was this isolated thing. Like we laid it out for you. This is how it went down. Yes, maybe there was some more high level corruption in covering it up. How much was that was just manipulated specifically by Harrison James versus like, you know some more nefarious individuals because i instantly Whatever. don't look at those guys you, they're just dicks back in the 80s and 90s they're yeah, not necessarily they're just they don't shitty, have an they're agenda. just shitty cops essentially they're yeah. just shitty public figures like trying yeah. to save their own asses and get easy answers instead of actually pursuing justice yeah which is not an uncommon theme and like right now so yeah. anyways um fife chill man chill it out all right so I initially was like, is that him descending, is that him fully like succumbing to the dementia? Is that him descending back into the jungle of his own mind, if you yeah. will? Is it a an echo of the ending of season one and an echo of episode one of this season? He's he's the light and the darkness. He It's a noble thing. He's descending into the jungle. He's going forth. Or is it closure of that part of his life and that thing that he had never fully addressed until he was able to kind of find closure with this case which was like the second passage of his life um is it him saying goodbye to that part of himself that that part descending into the jungle and him letting that part of him go um 
Or did he never make it out of the jungle? Is it Jacob's Ladder? Or is it a Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally all of those things. And I still haven't quite settled on, like, how I, I kind of want to look at it as the hopeful ending of, like, that is that part of him, like, you know, descending back into the jungle. Okay. Because so. there's the moment with the eyes, which is kind of a the thread that hangs through of, like, connecting the time periods. Yeah. And it's almost as if, like, he's looking back at himself on that porch and he's like i can get there like you know in the same way that it it's like has he seen a ghost version of himself like interacting across these time frames just the way they like shoot some of the stuff it's all very elegantly done and i don't think it's meant to be supernatural it's just more thematic yeah but you take that moment at which i keep coming back to where he looks over the shoulder and like almost makes eye contact and in my head i like to think he's looking back over his shoulder at himself on that porch and he knows that like i'm gonna have to go through all of this to get to there but that's a place worth getting to and i think that comes back to how we see things play out and the story that he gets with julie and seeing that like through all of this shit and all the ramifications of it all of the dead bodies the internal conspiracy theories, the family drama, like everything out of all of it. She was okay. She found somebody. She had a child of her own and she's doing all right. So if something positive can come out of all of this chaos, then maybe he can be okay too. So yeah, that's my reading. I came up with like literally I watched it probably about an hour before you got here. Okay. So that's that's what I'm going with. So I look at it as if you listen to him talk about himself, especially the scene with Amelia, she says, you know, the, you told me why you went to Nam was because you thought if you died, your mom would get $10,000, she'd be rich. Heartbreaking scene. Heartbreak, yes. And he says that, you know, my entire life, I've always been good at doing what I was told. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as once this thing that he was told to do and could never finish once that was finally done he was able to basically get back to whole like if you look at wayne as from the time of 1980 up until he figures out what happened to julie he is not whole because he is not he doesn't know everything he's being told to do something he doesn't know everything Mm -hmm. and he realizes that this entire case has affected his entire life. It's how he has met his met, married his wife, had his children. And they realize, you know, once it's basically like, well, this case isn't going anywhere a second time. I will be done with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was enough for him to be like, okay, I'm done with it. And I'm moving on. And from the time he moved on until he got really, really old and started having trouble, everything was fine. Everything was good. We don't know what he did. He says he doesn't know. He'll figure it out because of the smartest woman he knows said that he could do anything. Again, heartbreak, beautiful, fucking well, love it, but beautiful stuff, perfect. Right like tears it. are right there, but they're not streaming down his face. Just brilliant. Yeah. And then it becomes okay. Well, I never figured this out, and I need to. So you have the entire, you know, we figure out the case, and once he's figured out the case, able to figure out the holes in his life, making sure everything was okay with his kids, realizing he didn't have a bad term with, like he had some trouble with his wife in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But they were fine. They lived a happy life. You know, he's visiting her, reading. Finally, he is basically, he's complete again. He is whole. He is that smart, sharp, sharp as a tack, 
fearful, you know, fearless man going into the jungle, being the one who's always out. We, we've seen him twice that he's, he's always out working, always doing, moving around, doing things when others aren't. And mm-hmm. so him looking back at the camera is him looking back like a, like imagine there isn't, there's just a, there's not a mirror. It's just a two way thing. He can see himself sitting on that porch with his family and he can see himself walking into this jungle. And that was the first time he knew that he was whole. He, he knew what he was doing, knew everything that he was about. He had no worries, no issues, no troubles other than the mission at hand. And he was going to complete whatever that mission was. And that was it. And now that the case is finished, he himself has become whole again. And that that's pretty much it. Or he never made it out of the jungle. I I, I don't like the Jacob's Ladder. I don't mean, yeah. But, okay. But I love the nod to it. Uh, but, yeah, and again, I love, bottom line, mystery, got it out of the way, but still managed to have some ambiguity for how you can read how things played out in the yes. end. And especially that final shot, I think, gives you a lot to chew on. Uh, thematically. Fife, chill out, dude. We are almost done. Okay, we're going to wrap this up very, very soon. Any any other notes you wanted to get to, any moments in the episode that we missed, or just notes on the season as a whole? I guess we should go ahead and maybe go ahead and have the season one versus season three debate. And then I want to hear, in a concise fashion, how the hell you think this connects to season two. Okay. Um, real, real quick, I'll just tell you. Uh, Again, we said, you know, the the uh, theme of season two is it doesn't really matter. It doesn't not, It doesn't matter. Like, the events of all that season, the murder, everything, it, it doesn't matter. It's about this bigger thing at hand. There's this bigger industrial machine complex that you're going to get smushed in. And hopefully, eventually, years later, justice will be served for those who were caught up in it. But until then, it doesn't really matter. These four cops, whatever, or three cops, whatever happens to them, you know, they're done, they're easily written off, it is what it is. So, when it comes to the case itself, their involvement, yes, they needed to know, they wanted to know, but end of the day, there's no one for them to get. doesn't really matter, okay? Mm-hmm. Mr. June's going to have to live with this. He's begging them to kill him, take him in, do whatever. They're not going to do it. The woman who was feeding this little girl lithium, she's dead and gone. Nothing's going to happen to her. Right. The guy Five. that they kill, Harris James, you know, they kill him, albeit by accident, but that's justice for Tom and that's justice for Lucy. Okay? Exactly. So, you know, the murder, even though it's off the books, even though it's, you know, shades of season one where they have to go off the books or like season two when they do the hit on the uh, uh, the Russians and the money exchange. Right. They get their guy. They well, need they're to not get. even cops at that point. No, no, they're not. They're Fal- fucking Velcro's not outlaws. Yeah. But at the essentially... It, the case itself, it doesn't really matter to us because we're so far removed from it. It's never about the case. It's about the person. Like That's the whole theme of this, this season. It's not about the case. It's about the man. How it affected his life. How and that, his I want to transition real quick into a comparison to season one. Okay. I'm not saying that at the end of the day we have to pick like one is better than the other. But looking at it now as a whole and the inevitable comparisons to season one. When I look back at season one, the big like highlight moments that we continue to go back to, the like extended shootout sequence, mm-hmm. the the oneer, six minute oneer. Yeah, you take a set piece like that versus the Woodard shootout, 
how it's treated in this season. Season one, that ultimately, that's like a footnote in the case. That was just a thing for them to get A to B, and it does lead to a huge thing the next episode. Because no one knows about that. Exactly. And so, but it's it's treated as a huge thing. But what it means to those characters in the moment, not a lot beyond getting them to the next point. It doesn't do a lot to them emotionally or anything. It doesn't really, like, fuck up Rust. You know, Rust is already pretty fucked up. It's not like this is going to do anything to him. So, it doesn't really hold any emotional weight. No. You look at the shootout at Woodard's, and it plays out very quickly. And moves into a scene between those two men. And what it does to Wayne, what this event meant to him. And, like, his partnership with Roland at the time what it led to with Amelia ultimately afterwards. And that's what you latch on to. And I think it's interesting that like at every turn here, it never played for like bombast. It always went for character over and over again. So the idea that people thought it was going to be some big, huge final twist or like some giant action set piece in the 2015 timeline with old men, like in a shootout, I just, I feel bad that you were disappointed, but I don't at the same time because I'm like, the sh- I, I don't know if you were watching the same show. Exactly. But I, I know people watch the show for different things. But I think it has consistently said that, like, the case, the the environment, the setting, that's all that's all background. It's all set dressing. The references to, like, real-life crimes, et cetera, et cetera. It is all about, you know, whatever themes he's trying to get at. And they vary season to season. But it's character first, and this that's is, what I like about this. This is the essay I was going to write, but only wrote one sentence and then put a bunch of notes, which what I'm going to probably do is yeah, I'm either going to talk to somebody else about these themes, or I'll just say it myself and you can cut to me now. Didn't you enjoy that? Wasn't it great? Anyway, the one, the one title I had for this is True Detective Season 3. A statement on true crime and the unseen, often forgotten effects of criminal cases and the effects thereof on individuals and anyone related to the case. That was my big opening sentence because this season to me is just about true crime and how Pizzolatto knows that his show came out first, then Serial came out, and basically True Detective kicked off this entire fucking true crime thing that we're all in now. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like it or not, chronologically... By the time people were listening to Serial and being like, man, I really would love to get into more true crime, HBO's got it all there waiting for you ready to stream. So, yeah. shout out to that. I want season four next week. No, it's not going to happen. I love this season. Yes. I think it's great. 132. Sorry, 132. That's how I'm going right now. I, th- I think that's where I'm at, too. Again, that's having not rewatched three in its entirety, uh, which I've done with season one multiple times. So, we'll come back and chat that up later. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. It's been a fun ride. Yes. Uh, thank you, everybody who's joined us for Tuesdays throughout the last several weeks. Uh, we'll be back in stick a around. couple of weeks with something new, right? Not yeah. us, but somebody, right? Well, you and I will do something eventually on the TV arc, but we're going to be over on the movie arc and the music arc for a while yes. doing some cool things. So check us out over there uh, and the com, of course, for everything that we do. But the TV arc is going to continue. We're not taking a huge break off shortly. Probably on Tuesdays, we're still figuring out the scheduling, but probably about a week after you're hearing this, you will hear a new series, which I believe is called Bending Not Breaking, from Mr. Sunshine Mayfield, regular contributor to the site, uh, former host of Lost in the Folds on the Music Arc, and he'll be joined by Mr. Ben Pruitt, 
host of the Vespers Project, which is hosted on the Archive Network and is doing incredibly well on iTunes. Congratulations to them. Uh, but they will be talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. So if you're a fan of that show or you're curious about it, you can tune in in the coming weeks, and they're going to be going episode by episode through the series. And How many getting, episodes is that? I have no idea, but they're getting pretty deep with it. Wow. So uh, more on that uh, coming soon. So stay tuned. Uh, but thank you once again for everybody who has joined us for Tuesdays. All the gumshoes out there. Uh, thank you to Gavin who made it down so we could close this out proper. Uh, again, we reserve the right to come back and rant a little bit more about season three uh, after we've rewatched it in its entirety. But w- I've been watching a lot of TV other than this recently, and I would love to talk to you about it soon. Let's do so, it. So uh, until next time uh, for Tuesdays with Noah and Gav. I have been Noah. And I have been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Thanks for listening, come shoes. Well, I grabbed up my suitcase, took out down. When I got there, you was laying on the cooling bar.